And it was after I committed to doing the Triple Crown that I saw the California Untamed come up. And my wife, yeah. when I told her about it, she, <laughs> she's like, no more. that's just ridiculous. Don't even think about it. And I was like, oh, Yeah, well, we'll keep working on you. There's still plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey guys, before we get started, today's podcast is being brought to you by Audible. I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time, many, many hours running. <laughs> and during that time, uh, I spent a lot of it with, with nothing, no no music, nothing, no headphones or anything like that. But I do spend a large portion of my training listening to audiobooks. Uh, I discovered Audible, I guess, about a year ago, and I have piled on the books. Um, I'm always for trying to further my mind, learn some new things, try to better myself as a person, and sometimes just for the entertainment value, catch up on books I've been wanting to read, and Audible has done just that. kind of makes the, the runs go by a lot quicker when you're doing a five or six hour Saturday training run, and uh, you know I'll start off with nothing, and then when things get a little tough, slap those headphones on and listen to a book. So, um, if you would like to, to check it out, uh, we're offering a 30-day trial period for Audible. You can check it out for 30 days for free. And if you like it, you just uh, keep on with the monthly subscription. You can do a subscription where it's one book a month, or you can do two books a month, or three books a month after that. And uh, man, just just learn while you're running, while you're getting your body better, improve your mind. To check it out and to support the podcast, you can go to audible.runtheriot.com dot run uh click on the link there and sign up and check it out again it's audible dot run the riot dot run check it out guys hey guys i think you'll really enjoy today's podcast today we'll be talking with martin schnickelot i probably pronounced that wrong but uh forgive me brother uh i met martin at um western states this year we were both um uh representing ultra and uh started looking into this guy and he has done some pretty awesome stuff. Um, This past year, he's one of uh, two, I believe, that did the last great race. Um, That is the oldest 100 milers within a 14-month period. You can check that out, learn a little bit more about it uh, on the show notes. Um, There's a link to uh, the page where there'll be links to his all his stuff, his Instagram, his webpage, and a little bit about the last great race and what he did there. But uh, check out the podcast. Listen to this guy. Listen to what he's got in store for next year. Part of it, just part of it, is what I'm doing, the Triple Crown of 200s. And so, um, but he's, he's stepping it up from there. So uh, I'm a little bit jealous, a little bit humbled, but uh, glad to know this guy. He's a good dude. Uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Check it out. Well, hey, Martin, how's everything going, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing good. Just uh, glad to, to get you get you on the podcast here and just, um, man, just looking forward to hearing a little bit about your story. And um, and I guess, first of all, man, let, let's talk a little bit. Um, where are you from? <laughs> all right. So originally, I'm from uh, near Hamburg, Germany. Okay. And um, 
spent really now half my life in the U.S. Um, I'm actually both a German citizen and a U.S. citizen now. So I'm kind of have a home in two countries, if you want to say it that way. Oh, okay. All right. And you live, uh, you li- you live in uh, in the South, huh? You're in Alabama area, right? Yes, Huntsville, Alabama. That's right. No, oh, nice. <laughs> Way to change that accent, man. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so you'll hear my a little bit different accent come out. Um, yeah. You know, and then I'm picking up a little bit of the Oklahoma accent while I'm here. So, but <laughs> so so you've been uh, you've been here a long time, then. And um, yeah. so when did did you start running? when you were uh, in Germany or, or when did you really start running? Well, um, actually, um, from very uh, from a very young age, I was actually more of a soccer player. So I grew up playing soccer in Germany, um, played that all through uh, my younger years and into my teenage years and until I was about 16, 17. And then uh, family dynamics changed a little bit. And um I, as did I, I moved around a bit and started picking up some martial arts. So dabbled in that for a few years mm. and uh, came over to the U.S. with the military. Um, found um, running again as part of uh, getting, trying to get fit again and playing soccer. Played some college soccer over here as well. And uh, really didn't get really into running until, I guess, my early 30s, mid-30s, really. Yeah. Um, just kind of, you know, casual jogging, meeting some friends at lunchtime, trying to quit smoking. Um, and, um, well, trained for my first marathon about 10, 11 years ago. And uh, while I was training for a marathon, um, came across another friend of mine who was a soccer player. And he said, well, why don't you run? the Dizzy 50s with us as you're training for this marathon. I said, Dizzy 50s, what is that? <laughs> yeah, so as you can guess, 50, 50K. So um, did that as a training run, had a miserable experience, and uh, <laughs> next day asked, where can I sign up for the next one? And, and yeah. that, that's all she wrote, as they say. It's pretty pretty uh, crazy. Um, I mean, where I'm from, you know, nobody played soccer kind of back back when I was young. But um, it, yeah. it's funny how uh, how many ultra runners played soccer, you know, Sally McRae. And I've heard of uh, just quite a few others who played soccer growing up. And then yeah. um, with, you know, you build amazing cardio. Yeah. <laughs> doing, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, that's pretty awesome. Can I ask what what martial arts uh, did you get into? Kickboxing and uh, traditional karate. Okay, cool, cool. I, yeah, I, I, I started yeah. running coming out of jujitsu. Uh, I tore my ACL in jujitsu and then, um, uh-huh. you know, started running a rehab. It. So anyway, I'm always curious. I help, you know, I enjoy yeah. enjoy MMA and watching all that fun stuff. Oh, but, yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. So so you, you started, um, started doing uh, – Trained for a marathon, did some 50s, and so when did I, I – okay, I'm, I'm not going to say too much, but I started – I looked right. at your ultra, ultra sign-up, and I yeah. scrolled, and I scrolled, and I scrolled, <laughs> and so – Yeah. Yeah, so – So, so, <laughs> so a, bit of, a little bit of an explanation there. Um, I have – I'm not a drug addict. But I do have an addict. I do have an addictive personality, and I think that shows in everything that I do. I don't do anything half-assed, as they say. So if if <laughs> if, if I decide to do something, I pour myself into it a hundred percent, a hundred ten percent. And 
That was true for soccer. That was true for martial arts. That was true for scuba diving and a whole bunch of other things that I've done over the years. And that is certainly true for ultra running. And um, I kind of alluded to it when, when I ran my first 50K, I had a miserable experience but that did not deter me from signing up for the next one literally the next day. And honestly, um, as I struggled through the first few, I got more and more addicted to it. And, um, you know, ultra sign up became my best friend. As they say, I was on there just about every weekend seeing what's out there. Um, I traveled quite a bit for work. So then the next, um, kind of thing happened that I thought, okay, well, if I'm traveling and I'm going to this amazing place, there's <laughs> an ultra marathon there that I can throw in while I'm at it. So um, before they knew it, I was basically running an ultra just about every month. And that kind of was reflected in my ultra sign up because uh, that's basically what it boils down to. I think I've run about a hundred ultras over the last 10 years. Nice, nice. And and so um, so you started traveling and doing these. And I, from what it looks like on here, now cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but your first 100-miler was uh, Rocky Raccoon, right? That was my first finish, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. It was um, – I actually attempted my first 100-miler at the Penhody 100. Okay, um, okay. And that was basically a couple of months or so before my first actual 100-mile finish at Rocky Raccoon. But um, I had some strange IT band issues. Didn't even know what an IT band was until I had issues at the Penoli 100. And I haven't had issues since. But at miles, about mile 55, it kind of became debilitating. And um, at mile 60, after walking for five miles you know, of my first 100-miler, I basically called it quits. Um, got home, kind of depressed, had to get that monkey off my back. You know, I did train for it. So I wanted to make sure I actually finished a hundred miler and came across the Rocky raccoon and, um, <clears throat> signed up for it. Um, again, lots of hobbling there for the last 40 miles. I think I had some debilitating blisters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, was determined to finish it and hike it in. Oh yeah. If you look at the time, you know, that wasn't a good day. Um, (laughs) but I, I, you know, I had a friend who was there with me who basically kind of stuck it out with me to get me across the finish line for my first hundred. And I'm pretty, pretty thankful for that because that's really where all the, the extra craziness started of trying to go longer, further and, um, you know, more mountains, more challenging terrain, um, and so forth. Okay, so you DNF the, the first one. Uh, your second one was a, a torture fest, and that was in uh, uh, February of 2011. And, yeah. and then in and then in June of 2011, I see a. I've never even heard of this race. A 150 miler in Fruta, Colorado, the Desert Rats. Yeah. What is yeah, that yeah. race? How'd you? The so race? you jumped into a 150 miler after you got your. Well, full disclosure, that was a stage race. Oh, so, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, a bit more laid back, not quite. Well, it was quite painful, but uh, the idea was I figured, well, you know, a marathon a day, how hard can it be, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was harder than I thought, of course, um, but pretty, pretty awesome experience. Met some pretty cool cats while I was running that as well. Um, nice. So great experience all around. I still am in touch with quite a few of those people I met during that race. Um, it's uh, well worth it for anyone that's listening to check it out. It's called the Desert Rats race put on by a really great crew. 
Um, and um, definitely a fantastic experience. And that was my first stage race experience. Um, so basically, you're running the Cocopelli Trail, which is about 148 miles. And you're running the entire length of it, different lengths per day. You know, very well supported. You would camp overnight and then you would tow the line again the next morning for the next day. So pretty oh, cool experience. Yeah, nice. I've, I've never heard of that. I'm going to have to look into it. That, that looks pretty yeah, amazing. For sure. Well, well um, I mean, I don't want to go through <laughs> You've got so many here. But so, so I mean, I mean, like you said, you go all in and, and you look, it looks like you were, you were basically what happens to a lot of us. You just get hooked. And, um, and, and you're, you're, you're running now as of, we'll get into some specifics because I really want to get into what you did this year. But, um, as of, as of right now, do you know how many hundred milers you've done hundred, hundred mile or longer? I want to say I got to be around 20. Yeah. Okay. That, that from, from perusing it, I'll, you know, I guess if I was, if I was prepared, like I should be, I'd have counted, but (laughs) yeah, I think it's about 20. Honestly, it's, 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 I think it's just above 20 okay. there's a few races i honestly i try to count buckles and then i'm like wait this race didn't have a buckle that race didn't have a buckle and <laughs> yeah but i think yeah it's uh, it's about 20 so um yeah so so i mean you just kind of kind of progressed kept kept doing those things and so um well, let's talk about this this past year because you did something that that's that's pretty special you and um i think what two others this year that did it um one other person one other one other okay and um you did um it's the first um first hundred milers and how many how many of them is that and what do you call it (laughs) okay so it's the sixth oldest hundred milers in the united states Mm -hmm. and they're spread out spread out over a span of just 14 weeks uh this one summer and it's uh basically starts with the old dominion 100 Followed by the Western States 100, followed by Vermont 100, followed by Angeles Crest, Leadville Trail 100, and ultimately Wasatch Front 100. Nice. And um, yeah, and um, it kind of snowballed, as does anything with ultra running, really, right? I mean, that's how we all got into the sport. Um, um, I basically, it was my fifth attempt of trying to get into Western States. Mm. And actually, I've been trying to get into Western States for about 10 years, but <laughs> I, missed, I missed out one year because of, uh, uh, like, I, t- I had to take a year off in those 10 years of running due to um, a severe injury, some health issues, let's just put it that way, that basically put me out of running for about a year and rehab for a year. And so I missed out. They didn't have the buy back then. Mm. They just added that last year. So I yeah. lost quite a few tickets. But mm. anyway, it took me five years. I got in. And when I got in, of course, the first conversation here with my local running buddy was like, well, you got finally got in, you got to try to do the Grand Slam. And, um, <laughs> you know, for those that don't know what that is, the Grand Slam is basically um, four of the five oldest hundred milers uh, over the course of the summer. And um, obviously all of those races are included in, in the series that I did. Um, so Grand Slam, I was like, okay, that's, great idea but i still have to get in through all these lotteries most of these races now have lotteries so yeah i started entering those lotteries and um got lucky with most of them and for a couple of them i had to just kind of write a nice personal note <laughs> to the race director 
and uh, and people I have to say the ultra community ultra running community is one of the best out there and people yeah. came through for me so there was a lot of this like well you know we we can't just give you an entry and after you've you know didn't make it into the lottery but if you complete all the races leading up to ours for your series then we'll give you a provisional entry and so mm. that ended up happening for a couple of races and gives you a little bit of extra motivation as you're going through something like this and um yeah no kidding um, our pressure man yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but it's you know it's a bit more than just finishing 100 mile race right because every time you you you're in the middle of it and you're in in the, in the dark place you're like well this is not just one race if you don't finish this you basically don't get to complete the series that you set up for yourself you just challenge so yeah, yeah that was definitely uh great motivation um but anyway, to get back to it, so the, the name, uh, the, the, the slam uh, of these six races is basically referred to as the last grade race. Yeah. So it's the six oldest races. And uh, Sean Nakamura was the other yeah. uh, guy uh, who I got very close to over the summer since we ran all of the <laughs> same races. Uh, but he had to, of course, top that. He ended up running the grade eight, which is basically the eight oldest races in the United States. So, wow. um, yeah, so I, I did get to share... Uh, Arkansas Traveler with him as well after mm. the, I completed the six races and on top of that he did the Mohican 100 which is basically the uh, completes the grade 8 and um, so yeah spent a lot of time with him and another friend of ours I think you know him as well Walt Handloser oh, yeah. who's yeah. going for, <laughs> for 50 hundred milers this year so uh, spent a lot yeah. of time with those two guys over the summer so it's been a great experience for sure. That, that's awesome. And, and you and I, you and I met, uh, at, uh, at Western States. Uh, right. I, I'm one of those guys that, um, lucky guys that got in after two years. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that, that is lucky for sure. Um, yeah, man. And I, had, were, yeah, <laughs> I mean, following along this year, well, this past weekend, it was quite, um, depressing, I guess is the right word <laughs> yeah. to see about, you know, how few people got in uh, from my area, anyway, from the southeast. Um, there was only one Alabama runner. He happened to be from the same town here in Huntsville. But we had, I think, about 14 runners from our small town here in Huntsville, some with five, six years of tickets, and uh, wow. none of them got in. Yeah, it's, it's, it gets more and more challenging every year for sure. Yeah, yeah. Up until the end, um, here in Oklahoma, um, we, we finally got – Two of our guys got in this year, and then one of my uh, one of my buddies from Louisiana, he's like number thirty seven on the wait list. Wait list, so, yep. so uh, I think last year maybe thirty two got in from the wait list. Yeah. So I was like, what to tell you? Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I wish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you, you know, I wish like when I got in, I. Um, I just I, I wish I would have made maybe made a little bit different plans and tried to try to do try to do some of what you guys did. Um, I guess I didn't I didn't really fully understand how bad it was going to get to be able to get into Western States and some of these yeah. other races. And because uh, some, you know, people ask me, are right, you going to try for the, you know, the, the last great race or the Grand Slam? And I was like, ah, you know, I'm just glad to get in and, you know, yeah. kind of did my thing. But, sure. um, you know. Who knows when that opportunity is going to come again, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, that's definitely, it, it was just as challenging to get into all of these events as it was to actually finish all of these events. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well let, let me ask you this. Um, so you, um, I mean, 
just looking at your ultra sign up, I mean, you you race pretty regularly, but did you? Mm-hmm. I mean, going into into this this I guess summer, this time of uh, fourteen yeah. weeks of constant racing, what did you do? I mean, how did your what did your training look like, man? How did you train for that? Yeah. So to be honest with you, I first obviously I looked at all the different races without diving too deep into it. Honestly, I just looked at the, what's the vertical gain. Um, mm-hmm. what are some, what are some of the finishing times that people have put down from, you know, from the top to the bottom to just kind of get a feel for, you know, not just the cutoffs, but, you know, kind of the median, where do p- people end up running this race to just have an idea of what the effort is going to be. Um, talk to some people that I know that have run these different races and, you know, who know me, who would give me kind of some pointers of where I would do well, or where I would maybe have a bit of more of a challenge ahead of myself. And honestly, I kept going back and forth and obviously looked at Ian Sharman's training as he was getting ready when he did the slam. And, mm-hmm. um, but there really isn't a lot of information out there on, you know, when you're doing so many hundred milers back to back to back to back, basically of how yeah. to get ready for it. So the way I approached it really was get ready for the first one, mm-hmm. um, which was old dominion. Um, and just kind of, you know, get one under your belt. Um, don't get hurt. Don't go crazy, finish it. And if you're having a good day, hopefully get a sub 24, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's really kind of how I approached it with the first half of my races. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Western States fell into that one. That was probably, well, that was definitely the most challenging sub 24. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but of course, you know, it's Western States. You try to get that silver buckle. And yeah. um, honestly, and if you're looking at my entire summer, that was the one where I said, like, I don't care how broken I am afterwards. I want to absolutely go for that sub 24, get that yeah. silver buckle <laughs> and, and deal with the, you know, the repercussions of it afterwards, you know? Yeah. And, um, thankfully that worked out, but honestly, yeah. So the training was really getting ready for doing a lots of, um, 50 Ks just about sometimes I think I did, back-to-back weekends of 50k races um, mm-hmm. sometimes i push sometimes not so much but um again i'm usually all in so i didn't really pull back too much now that's not necessarily the smartest thing to do but <laughs> my thought was you know my thought was beat your body up to get ready for the punishment of the summer you know and yeah. um i think more than anything i had realized that i beat my body up before and to get ready for it what's coming but to give myself the time to recover in between those events. So there really was no plan for any training. It was all about, let's see what I can do to recover as quickly as possible. If that means not running for a week, then so be it. If it means being back to running three or four days after because I felt great, so be it. But to let my body really be the guide. Um, I did definitely, that's the biggest lesson I learned over the summer, to not only recover by feel, but actually race by feel as well. Mm. Um, I'm no longer, you know, I, I do love my data, um, but um, <laughs> so I really just kind of track them, but I, I don't pay attention to them during a, during an event. Um, and honestly, in an event, if, if you're doing 600 milers or whatever your big challenge is, you really shouldn't worry so much about, you know, can I run it this fast or that fast? It's really about getting to that finish line because there's so many things that can and will go wrong in every single uh, long distance event that you do that you just, you got to set the right expectations if you want to complete something like that or you're setting yourself up for failure. 
Yeah. Well, did you, uh, you know, the first, especially the first few, you looked like you had, I mean, roughly about a month in between the first few. Did, did you feel like you were able to recover, you know, adequately to, 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 yeah. to start pretty good, you know, and feel strong? Yeah. yeah. So that's something, of course, you don't know, right? I mean, the most I had done in a year, I think up to that point was 300 milers. Mm-hmm. And usually the third one, I was either physically or mentally worn down already, right? And, yeah. But this is spread out over an entire year. Now here, I didn't really have that. So it was really, you, you were kind of in race mode all summer. And that's kind of how I set myself up. I was like, okay, you know, you're on the race, you do what you need to do. You don't think about anything else. You cross the finish line and then it's time to recover and start. And then you start thinking about the next race. Um, yeah. Not from a training perspective, but, you know, planning, like drop bags and gear yeah. and all the things you got to prep um, to get ready. Because <laughs> half the races I ran solo without support. So basically, I, I planned all summer basically just utilizing drop bags. And if I had a crew, that was a, uh, a welcome change. Same with the pacer. If, if I had that, that was great. But I wasn't going to count on that for my planning. Um, so really, yeah. that's what I spent my time between races is really logistics, right? Um, yeah. Okay. What, what are the aid stations? What's what's the distances between aid stations? Is my nutrition the way I want it to be? Um, hydration? Do I need to drink more or less compared to the last event? What's the weather going to be like? So I kind of really took the focus away from the physical training and focused really more on, okay, what do I have to do to set myself up? Uh, logistically and expectation wise other than the actual physical training and that really helped me you know keep my mind occupied not worry so much about oh my gosh you know I'm barely running (laughs) and uh, you know and it gave my body the time to recover so that really helped I'm wondering I just had a thought you know because I've done three or I think I've done four hundreds in a year but they were spaced out in such a way where I was still I'd recover a little bit, but then I would still hit a training block. And those training blocks, yeah. a part of what, what you know, just kind of is mentally taxing and physically taxing. But doing something like this, I mean, your last race is your main training for your next race. And so you yep. you can kind of focus on resting and know, I mean, know with pretty good that you'll be physically ready. You know, if you recover, you'll be yep. physically able to do it. So. Uh, yeah. I, I, that sounds like a, that all these serial hundred mile racers might they got something going for them, man. <laughs> well, you do to a degree. So and yeah. it started, and thankfully the way these races lined up for the summer, it started with uh, Old Dominion, which is um, it's not easy by any means, as anyone that ran it will tell you. But it's one of the less mountainous races. It's got yeah. its own challenges, uh, believe me. But <laughs> I knew I would have a four-week window after that before Western States. So right. uh, once I knew I was going to be able to squeeze in under 24 hours, I kind of dialed it back, thinking ahead of, okay, you know, I want to be able to m- still make a push at Western for sub-24. So let's not burn, you know, burn the candle on both ends, as they say, and just kind of conserve as much as you can in this one. Um, Western States with the snow on the front, as you know, you know, the snow and ice really put a dent in my (laughs) pace early on. And so I was chasing that sub 24 all day. I mean, that was a tough day. Um, trying to, you know, chasing that sub 24. Um, that's the whole story in and of itself, um, of how close I was literally all day. Um, but then the windows got got smaller. 
Yeah, you got it by 16, 16 minutes, it looks like. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, 16 oh, yeah. minutes, three yeah. seconds, man. So that's and that's, that's stressful. That's, that's the biggest buffer I had all day. Oh, wow. I was 20 minutes behind um, once we got through the first 10 miles or 15 miles. Oh, and man. I started chipping away on that. But essentially, I was literally about five minutes below. And all my pacer had to do whenever we came into an aid station was like, okay, how much time are we below sub 24 hour pace? And how much time do I have here to refuel and before we have to move on? And I'm not kidding. Um, almost, you know, 80% of the aid stations, it was, all right, you've got eight minutes. I would drink something, eat something. He would go, okay, man, we're five minutes below and we'd have to go. And oh, wow. ultimately, yeah, I skipped the last three aid stations. Uh, I kind of walked through because I couldn't afford to stop. I was like, okay, I don't know what's ahead. I've, n- I've never run the race. I said, yeah. I certainly don't want to be the guy. Um, I don't want to be the guy that misses sub 24 by a minute, you know? Yeah, oh, that would be that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, it worked out. But I also, that one hobbled me a little bit afterwards because okay. it, it was hard work. Um, and then I only had three weeks until Vermont and well, Vermont was another beast. That was the hardest year on, uh, the hottest year on record. Yeah. And, um, so that one, um, yeah, that was a suffer fest of a different kind. Um, but it still worked out and, uh, it didn't get any easier after that. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah. So Vermont was, uh, you still sub 24 hours Vermont. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. huge, man. Yeah. Yeah, that one had a finisher rate. I don't want to lie. I, I keep I keep confusing the Leadville uh, finisher rate with the Vermont finisher rate. But one of them was 44% finisher rate. The other one was 48% finisher rate. So wow. um, both both on the low end, um, both challenging for different reasons. Um, and I certainly did not sub 24 Leadville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, well, and and because you had Angela's Crest just uh, yep. what a couple couple weeks before. Yep, a couple wow. weeks after Vermont, a couple weeks before, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, man. Um, okay, and so, and yeah, so then you got a, a small, uh, small break, I guess, before Wasatch, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Wasatch about broke me. Um, I mean, that was, and it's probably a combination of physical breakdown and mental breakdown at that point. You know, when you know. It's the last event, you know, it's the hardest event. Um, I believe yeah. Wasatch used to be considered the, until Hard Rock came around, it was considered the hardest 100 miler in the US. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it is very challenging. And it's not just the vertical gain, it's also the varied terrain that you deal with. It's, um, uh, it, it's just not, you know, it's not buffed out Western, Western, East or West Coast trails um, yeah. as anyone. <laughs> One may think it's a it's a very technical race, yeah. And um, I was glad to have a friend uh, actually be able to pace me for the almost the entire second half of the race. I was um, it was a slow slog. I'm not gonna lie, that yeah. one was not pretty. That one was not pretty, and it was really all about getting it done. And um, <laughs> I got what, it done. Um, what is the cutoff for uh, for Wasatch? Oh gosh, I'm just curious. Uh, I think it's thir- is it 34, okay, I think it's okay. 36, somewhere in that range. I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I was at the 30th, yeah, it, was, it wasn't close, but it wasn't, 
I knew I was going to make it, but I wasn't going to push either. It was, um, uh, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you get, you got it done. You finished that. I mean, that had to be, I mean, just, just kind of a, a, a huge sense of relief, you know, and just accomplishment, yeah. man, to get that done across that finish, especially after the, you know, the toughest one last and, and across the yeah. finish line, man. So yeah. Kudos on that, man. That's pretty amazing Thanks. yeah it was it was a pretty good feeling it, it, it's still like i said um, i always you know every once in a while i have to sit down and kind of kind of uh, reminisce about the summer that was because really at the end of the finish line you're just like you're just glad it's over it's very difficult for you to process like wow well, i actually i actually did it it's, i actually don't have to line up for another 100 mile next week you know so <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> um what, yeah it, what, it was yeah. Did you did you know um, did, had you already signed up for Arkansas Traveler or are that something you decided after Wasatch? Uh, I had, but with the understanding that I didn't have to toe the line if I didn't want to. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, was, it was uh, optional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The idea was to just kind of finish out the year with a fun little hundred miler, um, spending some more time with Sean and Walt, and just kind of you know just having a good time. No pressure. Nothing was on the line, um, you know, no self-imposed pressure either. But I, the reason behind it was really because I, you know, when I realized that it was also one of the original, you know, the oldest hundred miles, I was like, well, shoot, yeah. I, you know, it's a sign up. There's no lottery. They had a couple of spots left. I was like, well, I might, I might as well throw that one in. This. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, just curious. Cause I've done traveler, uh, twice. In fact, that was my, uh, uh, both of my entries, uh, for Western states were from Traveler, okay. and um, okay. last year I did it a month after uh, Tahoe 200, so uh, mm-hmm. it was a, that was a slugfest. So <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, so what? I mean, what did you think of of Arkansas Traveler? I wish I would have run it at the beginning of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you probably, yeah. probably got hammered it, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean both. And the funny thing is as many races as I've spent the summer running uh, with Sean and Walt, Sean and I ran, I think, 70 miles together at nice. Arkansas Traveler. Nice. Um, yeah, but it's because we were both equally suffering. Okay, okay. Okay, not nice. <laughs> we both had <laughs> terrible days. And uh, so that really made it, made the suffering enjoyable, if there is such a thing. But I guess there is an ultra running, of course, you know. But yeah. um yeah, so we really got to spend some quality time together out on the trails, and um, yeah, but I would have liked to toe the line of that a bit fresher than I was feeling at that point, for sure. Yeah, I just um, I just have to because you you brought it up a few times, and I have to say, man, isn't it isn't it amazing the people you meet um, at at these races and and doing these things? Because you're talk you're you know we're throwing these names out and you know i i met you at western states and you know we got to visit and there's already you know there's always a connection there because you were doing these crazy things and then um you know tahoe 200 last year i met walt and sean and got to spend a whole bunch of time with them running and just uh and visiting and then and then to see both of their journeys this year um it's man it's just just amazing you know it's just amazing it's an awesome (laughs) awesome and inspiring community to be sure 
Yeah. You know, and people, people, uh, you know, when they question, you know, when they ask, oh, you're doing what? I can't believe you're doing this. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about my other crazy friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. That guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But uh, there's something about even, um, you know, I, I just, I just picture, you know, you and Sean on, on the trail, the traveler on those, uh, forest service roads suffering yeah. together, but, but it's it's uh it's better when you suffer together, you know. It's just absolutely, absolutely. I think that's what uh, I'm not gonna say if it was him or me, but I'm sure one of us finished faster than uh, than expected just because he had the company of the other keeping them going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so so you would think. I mean, uh, most people would think that after uh, I mean this amazing accomplishment this year, um, you know that that you would say, you know, I'm gonna take a year and. Um, and, uh, you know, I did this amazing thing and, uh, just, just maybe rest a little bit, but, uh, but that's not yeah. Martin, right? <laughs> no, like I said, a bit of an addictive personality and always looking for the next big thing. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> it started very harmlessly. I say harmlessly, which is not really true either. So the longest I had ever run uh, was 120 miles, and that was the Fat Dog 120 up in British Columbia, Canada, uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago in 2017. And obviously spending time this summer with a bunch of other ultra runners, um, uh, Sean and Walt in particular, they were like, oh, yeah, the 200-miler, you should check that out. <laughs> you would enjoy that. And so I was like, okay, 200 miles, all right. Um, and yeah, there's a bunch of us triple crowners. I said, triple crowners? What is that? Yeah, it's when you run all three of them. I'm like, okay, cool. So I looked into that and I was like, well, how do I top for myself uh, the challenge that I put on myself this year? Well, maybe do the triple crown. Yeah. So I started working on that and registering and volunteering and registering some more. And then I heard about this other race that Sean had told me about, and I don't even remember, was doing Arkansas Traveler. It was one of them. He said, yes, I've got this buddy of mine who's putting on this new event. It's 330 miles. I mean, 330, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Like, we now, um, I, like, you know, I live in Huntsville, Alabama, and we've got, you know, the, you know Tennessee is right north, north of us, and you've got the Vol State uh, 500k race i'm sure that you've heard of yeah yeah and i've always swore i said there's no way i'll ever run that that's just misery it's middle of summer and hot as hell no not interested why would anyone want to run that far and um it took about a couple of conversations with sean um he actually pulled the trigger on that race and told me about it now at that point I don't, I think I had already started registering for the 200 miles and, and he was telling me, he has called the California untamed 330. <laughs> and he's got, you know, the triple crown of 200s. I said, man, how would, how would it be to do the untamed triple crown? And oh, Sean and I goodness. were spitballing back and forth and, and, and just chatting. And he goes, well, I'm doing Tahoe and I'm doing, the, the untamed uh, 330 and um, he said look at it and see if you want to do it and well it took about a couple of days and I pulled the trigger on the 330 
And um, yeah, the 2020 project was born, basically the Untamed Triple Crown. And um, oh man! Um, now to make it more interesting, I think about a week later, I got like a smiley face message from Sean, and essentially I had to ask him a couple times. I said, uh, "Am I reading this right? Are you saying you're doing it as well?" And he goes, "Uh, maybe." So, <laughs> Um, so it's, uh, I get to spend, uh, almost a thousand miles, uh, next summer with Sean, it seems. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yo, like you said, there's, there's always somebody either as crazy or crazier than you. So, well, I, I'll get to spend, uh, 650 of those miles with you guys. Cause I'm in for the triple yeah. crown. Yeah. So, uh, and it was after I committed to doing the Triple Crown that I saw the California Untamed come up. And my wife, yeah. when I told her about it, she, <laughs> she's like, Say no more. Say no more. that's just ridiculous. Don't even think about it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll keep working on you. That's still plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell her some crazy German was on. She, you can barely understand him, so she won't listen. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, uh, man, so and you, so you, you've only done. Uh, I mean, so the most you've done is 120 miles so far. So this is going to be. I mean, you're oh, jumping, yeah. you're jumping into 330. And um, yep. now, I, man, I have just, just from a kind of, you know, outside looking in, I, mm-hmm. what you did this summer. I mean, absolutely is. Um, you know, uh, good mental preparation and even physical yeah. preparation for this. So, um, yeah, what, what, what's your plan, man? What's your, tra- I'm looking at, okay, I'm looking at your ultra sign up, and I would think that your, your summer would, I mean, your, um, 2020 would start July 17th, California Untamed 330. But I'm looking at this thing and I see right next to, not, well, I see a, I see a, um, what is this? Yeti 12. Oh, that's this year. And then I, I, you've got, you're doing the run. Love it in Arkansas in February. That's not an easy hundred miler either, dude. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't, I, I made the mistake of, uh, I spent about nine hours with Walt on the trail on the Penhody 100, uh, this fall, kind of pacing him the last 50 K. Yeah. And, um, he was, I was asking him, so what about the love it? Oh, it's my favorite. You should do it. So <laughs> They're I'll all his it. favorite. Well, I, they, they are all his uh, favorite. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I figured that out now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but um, honestly, I picked a whole bunch of tough hundred milers uh, for the spring uh, in preparation of the summer, and it's kind of taken the same approach. And now I know that's not the smartest thing. Nobody ever said I was that smart, but um, the thought <laughs> process here is really more about testing things. Um, yeah. And a hundred miler, you can get away with a blister, couple blisters, five, six blisters, and you can hobble to the finish for 40 miles. Um, when your feet blister up in a 200 or 300 miler, you, you can't do that. You can't afford, you know, blistered up feet after 50, 60, 70 miles. So yeah. honestly, yeah. the approach here for me is to take every one of these hundred milers and go through the different um um, routines that I'm planning on or working on for the 200, 300 miles, um, where I'll do frequent shoe changes, sock changes, lubrication, taping methods, trying all these different things out 
Yeah. Um, so that hopefully by the time July rolls around, I'm confident in, in my strategy um, yeah. as it pertains to foot care. Um, nutrition has never been an issue for me. Um, I've always been able to eat or get calories somehow. That's uh, sleep, sleep is something you can't really plan for, but I have run through two nights before. So there's that, you know, if you yeah. told the line at UTMB, unless you're, you know, a super stud, you usually at least run into the second night. So yeah. Yeah. I take that as a, Hey, I've been there, done that. Um, but honestly, of course, you know, it, it's a totally different ball game once you have to keep running after hundred miles, 150 miles. But, um, I have some thoughts on that, how to deal with that. And that's kind of actually, that's half the fun for me is figuring out the, the other stuff, um, mm. the, the things that don't pertain to just running miles and getting in bird, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's really what I've been focusing on right now. I'm doing some shorter stuff. I'm doing some hill repeats and doing some, you know, fart leg workouts, just kind of working on getting the legs a bit faster again in the beginning of the year and then kind of stretching it going into February, March, kind of, uh, like I said, as you, as you could tell on my ultra sign up, you can't really hide it. Um, yeah. but I'm trying to do a couple of hundred milers, uh, gnarly hundred milers to, uh, just to really test, test some things out and see what works and what doesn't work and hopefully get it dialed in for the summer. Yeah, I think the the biggest, I mean, and I've only done, I just did the Tahoe 200, and I, I think one of the biggest adjustments that what you talked about sleep, um, I, I didn't sleep the first night, and going into the second yep. night, I, w I was okay until I wasn't, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And yep. so um, I, I think, um, I mean, personally for me, I know some people, you know, some of them, some people just go and, and don't sleep, but uh, I'll, I'll be a little yeah. more str strategic uh, and, and plan out my sleep before it plans it out for me. Um, yeah. and so that's, that's kind of, kind of my big, uh, my big takeaway from, from last year. Um, yeah. and that, and eat like crazy at the aid stations, uh, again. Sure. <laughs> so. well, well, that's a bit challenging for me as well, but now I obviously Sean, you know, I'm, well, I don't know if you do know or not, but he's plant-based as am I. And so okay. if you don't have a crew, it can make it kind of challenging. Um, yeah. so I have some, you know, fallback plans of actually packing some of my own nutrition that can hopefully be stored in my drop bags. Um, if I have the luxury of a crew, even better. Yeah. But the sleep strategy, caffeine strategy, those are all things that I've been researching and I'm actually taking kind of a similar approach of, to what you just mentioned. I have no intentions of sleeping the first night because I'm, I'm, I do need my sleep, but I don't do well sleeping anywhere but at home. <laughs> yeah, so I have to be really tired. So the thought is run through the first night and then uh, witching out the second night, get a couple hours of sleep, hopefully. Um, yeah. I don't think I'll be sleeping. Um, if I have a crew, great. Uh, if I don't, I may just sleep on the side of the trail because I, I don't think I can sleep uh, when there's a bunch of traffic and rummaging going around, uh, going on around me. So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. I plan to carry the bare essentials like earplugs and a, and an emergency bivy to allow myself to sleep on the side of the trail if need be. And, um, we'll see. <laughs> bring, bring it, bring a sign too. Cause, uh, otherwise people will be checking up on you. Like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> was, I think who was telling me about this, either Tour de Jean, I think it may be Tour de Jean that actually their bib 
uh, you can actually flip it over. It has some kind of message like I'm just you know, like that you're napping or when you lay down for your nap or something like that. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's actually kind of like a warning sign to let them know what's going on. Or if you need to be woken up, if somebody passes you, you can actually let them know, please wake me up if you pass me or something like that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, so, so I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that, that you were, uh, you were also plant-based and I don't remember, um, you know, for in particular at the, at Tahoe and the triple crown, how many yeah. options they have for, you know, for, for well, you know, plant-based, I'm not sure. I can tell you because I actually ran, uh, the 150 mile aid station at Tahoe 200 this year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Captain. So they did have some, uh, a couple of vegan options, but again, you know, since there's not a lot of vegan runners uh, necessarily partaking in these events, it was quite a limited spread. So I don't expect it. I just make sure I plan accordingly. You know, of course, like I said, in a hundred miler, it's a bit easier than when you're doing two or 300 miles. So it does require some extra planning ahead, but um, I do pretty well with natural uh, gels. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, once it's time for solid foods that, that, you know, as you get later and deeper into those races, it's really when I try to get some solid food in me and potatoes always work. Bananas always work. Um, yeah. And again, it, it depends if you have a crew, great. You can get some luxury items and if not, you know, you deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, man, I, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm already super excited for, for my journey next year to do the triple crown and then to know, you know, to know that, uh, there are these other guys that I know that are going to be doing a lot of this thing. And, um, it's, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be really, it's, it's going to be, be awesome. tough. Yeah. It's going to be, no, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, uh, yeah. it's like I said, it's always like a reunion. Every time I, you know, go, you go to packet pick up for one of those races and, you know, it, be- it becomes a larger and larger family and the more events you do and the more times you cross paths with the same people. It's, it's amazing. Well, and, and pretty much, uh, you know, when I see your, uh, your social media, if you're not running a race, you're, you're helping out somewhere or doing something. And that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, that you're able to be able to be out there and, and do that and just, you know, just, just be, be a part of the races, even when you're not running. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Man. Always trying to be close. And if you, if it's time to step back, you know, and like I said, some of us have a hard time stepping away from it, even if it's just for a couple of weeks or a month to just recover um, give yourself the time to actually volunteer or crew or pace or do something else still allows you to be close, uh, give back some and still be part of the family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, uh, I, I'll definitely be, uh, be following along and, uh, I might even see you at a, at a race or two before the triple crown, yeah. um, next year. But, um, man, before we, before we close out, I always like to ask, um, everybody I interview kind of, let's talk let's talk about equipment for a couple of minutes here man yeah <laughs> and let's absolutely. talk about gear. um what do you what are you using right now for your hydration pack and and what do you think you're going to use um you know for the triple crown and uh california untamed okay so i've been kind of i kind of fell in with the ultra fire yeah uh, same here <laughs> crew. and um so i've been uh first of all you know i, I know you're asking about the pack but the 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 big um the big reveal for me was uh, their wasteland that they've got and that to me has been a game changer. Yeah, I used same to here. with with depth perception mm-hmm. and um that waste light has been a lifesaver and um love it. So um for a pack, 
they have the, um, oh my gosh, it's the same pack that uh, Mike McKnight actually wore this year when he won the triple. Is it the Zygote? Yes, the 4.0, I think. Yeah, yep, yep, the Zygote 4. Yep, yep, I think that's what he wore. So that's the pack I'm planning to use. I'm starting to train with it now. You know, it's still early. And again, that's kind of what I'm using the the races for. Um, It's definitely more generous space-wise than what I've used for events like UTMB and Fat Dog. But Mm -hmm. I, I kind of want that because I have a feeling that I may have to carry more on me to be more flexible. I don't want to be dependent on anything. I want to be, you know, I was reading a race report from a gentleman at Tahoe 200 that DNF'd at mile 175 because oh. of the snowstorm that rolled in. And yeah. I, I don't want to DNF because of lack of equipment. So right. as much as I want to travel light and run light, uh, I want to make sure I have the, the absolute essentials that need that I need on me at all times to be able to perform and, and keep going. So uh, as I go, that, that's the one I'm, I'm, I'm planning on using. Um, still fiddling around with bottles. I'm not big on bladders, to be honest with you. I like to see the hydration that I have. Yep, but yep. I do like the fact that I can carry a bladder, especially, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're looking at the Untamed 330 or even any of the 200 milers, I mean, there's sections where you're 50K between eight yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> unless you want to rely on filtering your water, which is, of course, a possibility, um, I may actually load up a bladder as well as bottles just to make sure I have enough fluids because that's something that's key with me. I, I do sw- I have a very high sweat rate. And so electrolytes and salt, sodium, potassium, and, and hydration is super important for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like a camel. I don't store a lot of water. I just got to keep refueling, refilling, you know? Yeah. I, I, I'm the same way. And I even – I carried a 70-ounce bladder at uh, for Tahoe 200, and I had to filter a few times uh, just when it, it got really hot in the heat of the day. And, and uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, pl- you know, plan for it. I, I would even – you know, bring bring a, a small filter just in case too. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe yeah. yeah. me, if you saw my my workout room upstairs, um, my wife is already annoyed because stuff is already already. Uh, <laughs> December, it's already been piled up. Supplies, drop bags, all kinds of materials. Because you know, in a hundred miler, you get what three or four drop bags. Um, yeah. For the unnamed, I think I have seventeen. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, of course it's up to you if you use them all. But like I said, I'd like to be prepared. I don't want the logistics, the gear to hold me back. I've heard too many stories. I mean, UTMB, I had a friend who got hypothermic because he didn't have a proper race jacket. Barkley, the Barkley Marathons, I had a friend who made it only through one loop because she realized her rain gear wasn't really waterproof. I mean, those type of things. You know, you're like, okay, I don't want that to be me. I'm not going to train all year and spend quite a bit of money to sign up for these things only to, you know, <laughs> to DNF because I skimmed on, on, on a rain jacket or rain pants or, you know, a down, whatever it may be, right? So yeah, um, yeah. this year, year can save your life. And so, you know, there's no excuse not to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do a uh, maybe we can get uh, Sean involved and we'll do a little uh, a pre oh, yeah. uh, pre triple crown and we'll all compare our uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> compare, yeah, compare our stuff, man. man. I'd love to yeah, do that. You'll, you'll be scared if you see my spreadsheet. I've got spreadsheets with uh, 
with the weight listed behind it and everything. I can nice. tell you the ratings. So yeah, we should absolutely do that. <laughs> that that would be that would be awesome. So uh, okay, so that for hydration pack. What uh, what shoes are you wearing right now on the trails, man? What's your favorite uh, trail shoe? So I'm you know I I love the Ultra Lone Peak. Mm-hmm. Um, right now it's the 4.0 I've been running in that um, but I'm already my brain's been cranking for the longer stuff I I fully intend to actually use different shoes multiple pairs of shoes uh-huh. um, I've got a you know I've used the temp some over the summer as a, uh-huh. as a shoe later on in the race and for the first time in years I've picked up a pair of Olympus so I'm actually mm. considering bringing the Olympus back into my rotation. It's a, you know, a very high cushion shoe. Um, but I, and I normally don't wear that, but considering the distance and the, the, the pounding that, you know, we're going to be putting our bodies through, I think it may be a nice to have towards the end of those events. So I may actually rotate that in there, but uh, my all around go-to shoe is definitely the Lone Peak for sure. It's a performer. No, what's that? Yeah, it is a, that that is, it's an amazing shoe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it took me to through Western states for the entire hundred miles. No shoe change, and in fact, I did that for half the races. I didn't change my shoes at all. It was just one pair of Lone Peaks, no soft changes, no nothing, and they performed flawlessly. Yeah. For sure. Well, just yeah, if this uh, helps any, uh, when I did the Tahoe 200, I wore the Olympus. I wore it um, the whole way ex- at, at the last aid station, and I got my feet before, and I changed, and I took the Olympus off, and I wore a Lone Peak for the last, I think, seven miles, six miles. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. the the and my feet were happy, man. Uh, you know, considering 205 miles on them, uh, they they did great. So uh, yeah. I, I believe I love the Lone Peak, I love the Temp, but uh, for these long ones, the Olympus are just just nice on the feet, man. So, yeah. Um, what are you wearing? Uh, what are you wearing as far as a GPS watch, man? How are you tracking yourself? <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm a bit of a of a of a gear freak. So changed. I changed devices three times this year. So I've had experience with every brand out there. Um, and it started, you know, and uh, I'm not sponsored or, or supported by any of them. So I can talk freely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started off with a Sunto mm-hmm. that failed an hour into my first hundred miler this summer. So um, I was done with that afterwards. <laughs> It, uh, I learned in the field, which is not a good place to find out, that you could not reset it in the field. You had to connect it to a computer to reset it. So once it fails, you're out of luck. Hmm. And um, so that was that. Then I uh, tried the chorus. Um, Got to say still the Apex, you can't beat the, 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 um, the battery life you get for the price of the watch. It's, it's pretty spectacular. The features are limited, but the battery life for us ultra runners is just amazing. Mm. And um, but then I came across a great deal on the Garmin Phoenix 6X, and uh, did some research on that. And like I said, got a really good price on it, and I ended up picking that up because they now, you know, Garmin is uh, by far has the best software platform, and they did learn from the advances uh, that the Sunto and Koros made and battery life and how to preserve battery life. And they now allow you to modify the battery profile as well. 
Mm. And Fly it will show you if you turn this off, that's how much more battery life you get out of it. And so you can create your own battery profile. And uh, with uh, thinking ahead of the 200 milers, um, I'm able to actually, I think I can squeeze 80 hours out of the Phoenix 6X wow. um, at full, full um, performance GPS intervals. So I turn off a bunch of other stuff, but I still get the proper tracking, not, not this 10 minute interval, but the full. I don't know if it's five seconds or one minute interval to, to actually track it. So um, definitely a huge fan um, software, the uploads, everything works flawlessly. Um, it's got, so for the training runs, it has, you know, Spotify on the watch. Um, I could, like I said, um, that's actually a pretty nifty feature. You don't have to carry a, not that I ever listen to music when I race, but when I do tempo workouts, I do like a little bit of, um, uh, you know, audio motivation along the way. And um, yeah. kind of cool when you don't have to carry anything but your watch and you have everything right there. So yeah. definitely a big fan of the 6X. Um, it's a bit of an investment, I'm not going to lie. But if you can <laughs> find a deal on it, uh, definitely jump on it. Nice, nice. Right. And, it, and I was, uh, you already covered the, the, the headlamp or lighting, but, uh, cause I, I'm, I'm sold on ultra spire waist lamp too. It, it, it I used yeah. it in my last two hundreds. Amazing. I agree a hundred percent on that. Um, I do, and I just carry, a, um, extra battery with it, you know, um, yeah. so it'll, it'll last me and it's so good. I just, yeah. I don't put, do you use the brightest setting or just put it in, I usually kind of go in the mid medium, Medium yeah, same. Okay. Really, what I go for. Um, I'm thinking I'll start with a medium again. I mean, I, I get very detailed. I'm thinking <laughs> the second and third night I'll probably need it on full blast. Yeah. Just because I think it's going to help me stay awake. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, I ended up buying a bunch of spare batteries already, and a bunch of um, you know USB chargers, like little cigar-sized chargers. Um, I've done so. I've had some experience so. Most of it was stage race. You know, I was at Everest a couple of years ago. I did the Everest trail race and oh, we had to that. carry, yeah, we had to carry our gear for, for 10 days. Wow. So, and you're racing, you're doing quite a bit of uh, vert during, uh, during those five days of racing and uh, six days of racing. And um, so I was, I learned how to make sure that every gram counts, you know, that I don't carry anything that is not absolutely necessary. And, uh, Learn quite a bit of how to <laughs> keep your device charged and how to still stay connected when there's absolutely no power to be had for, you know, for days on end when you're out there in the Himalayas. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I learned about batteries and what does it take to recharge a headlamp and how much, you know, juice do you have to carry? And um, anyway, like I said, I like to tinker with that type of stuff. And so that's actually kind of part of what intrigues me about the long distances as well. I get to kind of play with the gear a little bit yeah nice I, I when you said that i was like yeah i gotta order some more batteries too <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. well you know it's cheaper to get a few batteries than it is to place new headlamps or wastelands in every drop back you know yeah yep yep exactly all right so we've covered all that and uh well we um you mentioned um uh nutrition and electrolytes what are you what are you taking for electrolytes what are you doing uh particularly for that so I'm a huge fan of uh, noon hydration. Mm -hmm. Now I use that all day. I mean, they've got different, you know, they've got the vitamin tablets and the immunity, which especially during the winter, I like to kind of double up on that stuff. 
Mm. Um, and of course, the electrolytes with and without caffeine. And super low sugar. Um, um, it's really not, it doesn't really help your calories. It's really just all about hydration. I like to use those. And then for nutrition, um, spring energy gels. They have a lot of vegan options. And I love what that company is doing with nutrition, keeping it simple, uh, natural, uh, very few ingredients, um, not really high in sugar content. So you don't get these sugar spikes, you know, it's kind of yeah. very natural. They've got, uh, my favorite is Canterbury. I can eat that stuff all day. <laughs> a lot of people like that one. <laughs> oh man, it's good stuff. And they've got a couple of different, uh, the speed nut, uh, one with hemp oil and one with caffeine. I mean, they're just fantastic products. I love it. I'm nice. Sure. Nice. Well, uh, any, anything else you're using, man? Anything else you want to shout out or, or that really works for you uh, that you want to share? Well, <laughs> I've learned, you know, we talked about recovery and um, that's the one thing I will say. Um, if, if you want to get your, the runner in your family a cool little present that they might not have yet, um, get them a recovery tool um, from out of day. Um, they've got the BioZoom, which is this amazing little massage gun. Um, huh. That thing goes with me everywhere now. Um, yeah, you should check it out online at a day. Okay. Um, and it's it's a, it's a really nifty device. You you know, after a workout, you take that to your calves or anything else that maybe is a bit tight from the workout, five minutes, and it works out any tightness you might have. And uh, you know, it's sometimes easier to do that than to find a massage therapist that works with you for an hour and charges you 150 bucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to check that out, man. <laughs> I got some spots right now that need working on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, Martin, this is a, a lot of information on this podcast, man. And I, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, taking your time after a, a long work day to, to sit down and visit, man. And I'm, um, Looking forward to, to running with you a bit again. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Always enjoy talking about ultras. You know that. I'm, I'm talking about running. So I appreciate the opportunity. And hopefully I didn't bore you to death. Oh, not at all, brother. Not at all. I'm in the same boat. And hopefully everybody likes listening to it because we geek out over this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. All right, man. Well, good talking to you, brother. See you soon. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, man. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed uh, as much as I enjoyed our conversation with Martin. Hey, if you would do me a favor, like and subscribe to the podcast. It helps with all the things that I've got going on here. Leave a review. Uh, leave a five-star review if you like it, man. Also, look us up on Instagram and Facebook. And you're going to want to do that because next week we're going to be doing a giveaway with our guest. And uh, so you want to be a part of that. You want to check that out. Um so, man, until then, I hope you guys have an awesome week. I hope you've got great things uh, planned for, for Christmas, for New Year's, and I hope you're getting your race schedule together for next year. Hey, guys, God bless. Take care. Bye-bye.